Hey, welcome into Positive Light, where we're trying to put a positive influence into your world. And I'm Bob Miles. Again, welcome in. So today's subject is going to be on faith. And of course, we need to have faith in God that he's going to do what he promises he's going to do. So the dictionary definition of faith is complete trust or confidence in someone or something. So what is the true meaning of faith? Faith is the basic ingredient to be begin a relationship with God. Faith is the assurance that the things revealed and promised in the Word are true, even though unseen and given the believer a conviction that what he expects in faith will come to pass. In other words, it becomes so tangible that you now possess it. So what is the significance of faith? Faith is just as important as the air we breathe. While the oxygen in the air nourishes the body, faith nourishes the heart and the soul. It's the energy that courses through every single fiber and cell within our beings. It's part of every muscle and every strand of thought. What is the power of faith? God uses people who are not afraid to trust God completely, or what we call as having faith, and this faith produces enormous power for greater purposes. The more faith we put in God, the more we allow God to direct our lives, the more power and blessing we're going to have. So what is the purpose of faith? The purpose of faith is to act as a measure of a person's hope and to help a person grow in, in his or her trust in God the Father and in God's purposes for us as his children. That is because hope precedes faith and faith precedes the trust in God necessary to work miracles, including the miracle of one's own salvation. So here are some scriptures on faith that I really like. Out of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. If you put your complete trust in the Lord, you will be rewarded. He will set your life straight and lead you down the right path. And Mark 9, 23, Jesus said to him, If you can believe, all things are possible for one who believes. So if you can erase your doubts and try to believe in Christ, amazing things can happen for you. In 2 Timothy 4, 7, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. So if you keep your faith close, the Lord will be with you every step of the way throughout your life, but especially when you need him most. He will be your guide. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. So if you believe in the Lord, He will save you. But His love is humble. He decides when to lend you a helping hand. And Romans ten seventeen. So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. A large part of your faith comes from learning, believing, listening, and acting out on the words in the Bible. The deeper you dive into the word of the Lord, the deeper your faith will grow. Matthew seventeen twenty. Truly, I tell you, if your faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Even if you have the largest doubts, for the smallest hint of faith, Jesus will be there to reward you. If your little belief can move mountains, imagine if you grew your faith even stronger. 
Matthew 21, 22. And whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. If you believe in the Lord, he will listen when you pray. So really, what is faith? That may seem a loaded question since faith is not something visible or tangible. And it may indeed mean different things to different people. We can ask more specifically, what does faith mean to Christians? It is almost impossible to put the meaning of faith in a nutshell. But some things are fundamental in order to grasp the concept. First of all, Christian faith professes an unreserved belief in the, in the Bible. God's word to mankind, true, tested, and unchanging, faith is also full of unreserved confidence in God in his love for me and his power to help me whatever comes my way in life. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Out of Hebrews 11.6 So faith is a choice. I need faith to become a Christian. I choose to believe in Jesus Christ, that he died for my sins, and that my believing in him My sins will be forgiven. The promise is clear. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Out of John 3.16. It is faith in a person that saves a believing soul, not faith in a particular philosophy or a code of rules. Every Christian will agree that salvation is a gift, not something we attain to by our own efforts. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not works, lest a man should not boast. Out of Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. And I know that I just repeated that scripture, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, but it's a good scripture to know. To acknowledge my sin and repent from it is the first and vital step. But I still cannot save myself. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus our Lord. Romans 6.23. To receive this gift, I must believe in and personally accept God's gift to me in his Son. The forgiveness of sins is a wonderful beginning and brings great joy to every true believer in Jesus. It is no small thing to have the burden and guilt of sin removed from my conscience. So I am saved by grace through an act of faith. I choose to believe then what? Do I still need to have faith? Well, yes. If I want to live a life that pleases the Savior, I have believed in him. Though the guilt of sin is gone, the indwelling sin in my nature will still be the cause of many temptations. The next verse in Ephesians 2 tells us what God's thoughts are for us after our initial experience of salvation. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. At Ephesians 2.10 So God has something far greater and even more wonderful in mind for us after we have believed in him for forgiveness. It is also written in Romans 5.10 For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, much more, Having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life, Jesus. Life was a life of action. Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. Out of Hebrews 5.8. 
So to be saved by his life, I need a faith that leads me to action. Paul calls it obedience to the faith out of Romans 1.5. Jesus is our great forerunner and the author and finisher of our faith out of Hebrews 12.2. All the heroes of faith in the Old Covenant acted on their faith. They did something. Every one of them believed and acted by faith. Noah prepared an ark. By faith, Abraham obeyed, and so on and so on, out of Hebrews 11. So John writes simply, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. John 1.4 It is this light of Jesus, life that I need to walk in, go to action if I really want to obey God's good laws of life found in his word. I will soon find myself in battle, a battle against a sin the light reveals. This is the good fight of faith. So to win this battle, I need to believe in the power outside of myself, in the power of the Holy Spirit, and in Jesus, who has promised that he can save me, and that to the uttermost out of Hebrews 7.25. This ongoing salvation is a work of faith. It has nothing to do with my feelings, which can go up and down like a yo-yo. But when I believe God and set my heart to obey, even against my feelings of human understanding, then God goes to action too. He sends grace and help in time of need. And all honor for the salvation gained belongs to him. Faith opens the door to a victorious life. Faith we can truly overcome as he overcame. This is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith, out of 1 John 5, 5. I believe in his power to save. I believe that when I take up my cross and deny myself as Jesus did, or as the scriptures also put it, am crucified with Christ, I will be victorious over sin and self. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me, And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Out of Galatians 2.20 Faith is a precious possession. As I said to start with, it is not visible or tangible. However, Jesus said to Doubting Thomas, Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Out of John 20.29 Peter writes about this blessedness also. Whom having not seen you love... Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy, inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls, out of 1 Peter 1, 8, 9. The result of a living faith is both visible and tangible. The disciples saw it and touched it in Jesus, and our calling as Christians is to come to, his, to this same joyful and glorious life by faith. So next, I'd like to play you a song. I love playing songs. And the song is called Just Believe by Eileen Walker. She's part of the Tommy Walker Ministries. And again, you can catch them on YouTube and you can subscribe to their channel. Or you can get them at TommyWalkerMinistries.org. And here's the song, Just Believe. God has said eternity in the heart of everyone God has set a holy longing for the things we cannot see 
As we bow and as we sing, He indwells the praise we bring. He is calling out our names, coming close to you and me. Can you hear the sound of heaven? Can you hear the cry of angels? You can hear it with your heart. Just believe. There's a voice throughout the ages. It's the Father calling us, saying, I'm the one who made you. And by my grace, I bid you come. He's the author and perfecter of our faith that's stirring now. We can join the song that's ringing. Join the family and start singing. Yeah. I can hear the sound of
So what an awesome song. And part of the lyrics I like the best, it says, I can hear it with my heart and I believe. He is the author and perfecter of our face that's stirring now. So next I'd like to tell you a story. The story is called The Empty Chair. And it's about living by faith and not by sight. So here we go. Since Mandy Marie asked her pastor, James Leninger, to come and pray with her father, Bob. When the minister arrived, he found Bob lying in bed with his head propped up on two pillows. An empty chair sat beside his bed. The minister assumed that the old fellow had been informed of his visit. I guess you were expecting me, Bob, he said. No, I was not expecting you, said Bob. Who are you? I'm the new minister at the church, he replied. When I saw the empty chair, I figured you knew I was going to show up. Oh, yeah, the chair, said the bedridden man. Would you mind closing the door? Puzzled, Pastor James shut the door. I never told anyone this, not even my daughter, said the man. But all of my life, I have never known how to pray. At church, I used to hear the pastor talk about prayer, but it went right over my head. I abandoned any attempt at prayer. The old man continued. Until one day, about four years ago, my best friend said to me, Bob, pray is just a simple matter of having a conversation with Jesus. Here's what I suggest. Sit down in a chair, place an empty chair in front of you, and in faith see Jesus on the chair. It's not spooky because he promised, I'll be with you always. Then you speak to him and listen in the same way you're doing with me right now. So I tried it, and I've liked it so much that I do it a couple of hours every day. I'm careful, though. If my daughter saw me talking to an empty chair, she'd either have a nervous breakdown or send me off to the funny farm. James was deeply moved by the story and encouraged the old guy to continue on the journey. Then he prayed with Bob, anointed him with oil, and returned to the church. Two nights later, the daughter called to tell the pastor that her daddy had died that afternoon. Did he die in peace, he asked? Yes. When I left the house about two o'clock, he called me over to his bedside, told me he loved me and kissed me on the cheek. When I got back home from the store an hour later, I found him dead. But there was something strange about his death. Apparently, just before Daddy died, he leaned over and rested his head on the chair beside the bed. What do you make of that? Pastor James wiped a tear from his eye and said, I wish we all could go like that. We live by faith, not by sight, out of 2 Corinthians 5.7. Don't forget to pray today because God didn't forget to wake you up this morning. When life is a challenge, pray. When life is awesome, pray. Pray like this. Dear Lord, I know you have me in the palm of your hand. And I you're guarded my every step. You provide the air in my lungs, and according to you, your word, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And though I know all of that, do I really have to get out of bed today and be nice to Jimmy or Susie or Brent? Okay, okay, I'll be, but I'll need your help. Thanks for making me better than I am. So mornings are better when you talk with God first. Pray. Not because you need something, but because you have so much to be thankful for. 
The sweetest time of the day is when you pray. Why? Because you're talking with the one who loves you the most. So this was a question given to Billy Graham about someone's faith. And the question goes as this. I really used to believe in God and I had a strong faith. But now all that seems to have faded. Will I ever get my old faith back or will it probably always be like this? And here's Billy Graham's answer. God doesn't want you to have a faded, lukewarm faith for the rest of your life. And you don't need to because he has given us everything we need to make our faith strong and vital. God's will is for us to be rooted and built up in him, Christ, strengthened in the faith. That is Colossians 2.7. What can you do to strengthen your faith? Let me suggest three steps. First, focus your faith. For many people, faith is just a vague feeling that easily fades away. But true faith has a focus, Jesus Christ. Begin your journey by turning to Christ and asking him to forgive you and come to live within you. And he will. The Bible says, whoever has the Son has life, out of 1 John 5, 12. Second, feed your faith. Just as we'll grow weak and eventually die if we don't eat, so our faith will grow weak and eventually die if we don't feed it regularly on a spiritual food. God has given us the food of the Bible, which is God's Word, prayer and fellowship with other believers. The Bible says faith comes from hearing the Word about Christ, out of Romans 10, 17. And he said, finally, follow your faith. That is, put it into action. Make it your priority to follow Christ every day in your thoughts, your speech, your actions, your time, your love for others. Muscles grow stronger when they're exercised, and so does faith. The Bible says, do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says out of James 1.22. One of the things that God is putting on my heart this week was the serenity prayer. Let me read it to you. and I'm going to read you the whole version of the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as the pathway to peace, taking as he did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will, that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with him forever in the next. Amen. So what that means to me is we need to have faith that God is in control of the things I, that I or we can't control. And we need to have faith that he will make things right. So Rick Warren stated on faith, focus on faith, not feelings. And this is for me and for all of you. Naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I will depart. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. For the name of the Lord be praised. Out of Job 1.21. So when you are a baby Christian, God gives you a lot of confirming emotions and often answers the most immature, self-centered prayers. So you'll know that he exists. But as you grow in faith, he will wean you off of these dependencies. God wants you to sense his presence, but he's more concerned that you trust him than feel him. Faith is what truly matters to God, not what we feel. 
The situation that will stretch your faith most will be those times when life falls apart and God seems nowhere to be found. This happened to Job. On a single day, he lost everything. His family, his business, his health, and everything he owned. Most discouraging for Job was that for 37 chapters of the Bible, God said nothing. So how do you praise God when you don't understand what's happening in your life and God is silent? How do you stay connected in a crisis without communication? How do you keep your eyes on Jesus when, they, when they're full of tears? You do what Job did. He fell to the ground in worship and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord taketh away. May the name of the Lord be praised. Out of Job again, 121. Tell God exactly how you feel. Pour out your heart to God. Unload every emotion that you're feeling. Job did this when he said, I can't be quiet. I am angry and bitter. I have to speak. Out of Job 7.11. He cried out when God seemed distant. Or for the days when I was in my prime, when God's intimate friendship blessed my house. Job 29.4. And Jesus said to him, Go your faith has been made you well. Immediately he regained his sight and began to follow him on the road. Out of Mark 10:52. So I don't know what step you need to take next, but I do know that you need to take it. Maybe your next step is to accept Jesus Christ into your life, or perhaps it's time to be baptized. Maybe you need to join a church, get into a small group, start tithing, find a ministry, Go on a mission trip or invite a friend to church. I don't know what your next step is, but I do know this. You have one. God will never be finished taking you deeper in faith. There is always a next step. If you don't take the next step, you're going to get stuck in a rut. The only difference between a grave and a rut is the length. If you don't move forward in faith, you will die. Your heart will grow cold, and you will feel more distant from God. He isn't going to help you with steps 2, 3, and 4, and 5 until you take step 1. If you're asking God to help you with something, He's asking you, Why haven't you done what I've already told you to do? You may have been aiming to do something. Start aiming and pull the trigger. Before Bartimaeus met Jesus, he was sitting beside the road, a blind man begging for handouts. After he received his sight from the Lord, he began following Jesus on the road, out of Mark 10:52. Which of those two phrases describes your life? Sitting beside the road or following Jesus on the road? Which of those two lifestyles do you think is most fulfilling? Which do you think has more joy, more meaning, and more satisfaction? Which one do you want to represent your life? There's only one way to follow Jesus on the road. Take the next step. Faith is more than believing. Faith is more than thinking, talking, or having convictions about Jesus. Faith is action. It is a movement. It is an activity. Faith is something you do. In fact, the Bible says in James 2.14, If people say they have faith, but do nothing, their faith is worth nothing. Where do you get your faith to begin a fresh start? There's only one source, Jesus Christ. Everything that we have, right thinking and right living, 
A clean slate and a fresh start comes from God by the way of Jesus Christ, out of 1 Corinthians 1.30. Barnabas had no idea that Jesus Christ was going to pass his way that day. To him, it was just another day. But God gave him an unexpected opportunity that offered him a fresh start. God is giving you the same opportunity. Don't miss it. Take your next step of faith before the opportunity passes you by. So in my prayer with God, I ask God, what is your idea about faith? What is faith between you and me? Go ahead and tell me what you feel, God. And here's what he stated. He says, you and I wouldn't have a relationship without faith. If you didn't have faith, or if I didn't have faith in you that you wanted a relationship with me, we wouldn't be doing this today. It is so important to have faith. People who don't have faith don't survive. They need to see faith in you and how your faith is working. Again, be the example and show people how you have faith in me. So we all need to have faith, and that kind of brings us to the end today. Make sure you know you can connect with me at positivelightpodcast at gmail.com. I'm also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Connect with me there if you'd like. Check out the medical stuff. Again, they've been doing some good work with what's going on in our world today. They are PG rated. Thank you again, Mark and Chris, for helping me out. Hey, next week's topic is going to be on grace. Don't miss it. Everybody be safe out there. We'll catch you next week.